Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is banned from ringside. Promos, promos, promos. We got a bunch of promos to talk about this week, especially MJF and CM Punk, which we missed last week. I really enjoyed the Edge Miz uh, promo that they had on Monday Night Raw. Even Liv Morgan got a little work shooty. We are going to skip Survivor Series because if you watch Survivor Series, you know we got NXT War Games coming up this week. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. Got a little work shooting. <laughs> Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Hold on, I got to turn on the music for this one. A.k.a. Follow the Moskva down to Gorky Smog. <laughs> Listening to the winds. Of K Fabe. <laughs> and to my left, as always, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? It's Thursday. You know what it is. What time it is. Allow us to bow our heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside Podcast, volume 233, chapter 3, verse 14. And the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. I'm hyped up. It's been two weeks. It's been a lot to talk about, a lot of ground to cover. I'm jacked. I'm ready to go. That shit was comedy fucking central. Vice just comes with the heat every fucking he text, week. He texted me through the choose room today, and he said, you know I like to come hard after a bye week. <laughs> and out there, in Portland, out there in Portland, Oregon, we have two beers. Zach Pullman, what's going on, two beers? BFR West in the house. Not much. Yeah, it's been a... Uh busy and uh you know I've had some time off and uh some time to reflect on uh things and uh yeah I love pro wrestling. Figured it out. Oh that uh, oh so you so you're good. You're cured. Yeah it's a big surprise. But uh yeah. <laughs> Who the I fuck decided. needs a shrink? <laughs> I mean, besides me. Uh, uh, we are coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. I mean, it is, really, warm. it is really nice outside right now. Like, I got flip-flops on. Jason's from a cold-weather people, so he's wearing a jacket <laughs> and a hoodie. <laughs> he's layered like Adrian Brody from Succession. But, but I feel uh, good, though. I, I, yeah, I, I feel great. Uh, like I said, I hope everybody's Thanksgiving was good. True story. Um, I hope that everybody is doing well. I hope everybody's getting into the holiday season. We got the Christmas tree up. Our place is almost put together, which, you know, about time because I have to go back to work on Tuesday. I was just going to ask you I about was, that. I was wondering, man. Yeah, we, uh, we Niggas is like, damn, are you going up, back to work? Yeah, no, ever. Uh, Seriously, <laughs> fuck work. But uh, I uh, my house is small enough like or short enough i should say i live in a ranch now like just like a um i can i just sit on a chair and put my christmas like like around the house it's pretty great <laughs> hey man look that liability right there alone is reasons why i'm glad i got an apartment Y'all can hang them Christmas lights up. I'll just put some, you know, a little sparkle around the catch, you know, hold this motherfucker. <laughs> I usually call OSHA before I put mine up. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I was going to say is Jason and I uh, lost a friend. Uh, 
right after Thanksgiving, no, right before Before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. Steve Manley was a good friend of ours. Uh, Zach, you knew him as the the gray-haired guy that was always behind the bar, Jack Patrick's. Uh, He died suddenly. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he died suddenly uh, a couple Sundays ago, and, uh, you know, it's a bummer. The guy lived hard, though. Uh, I spent... (laughs) <laughs> thousands, thousands of hours with him. Jason probably spent, Jason spent hundreds of hours with him. <laughs> but, but still enough, he was a good guy. I, I just wanted to say, you know, this one's for Steve Manley, Manley, even yeah, though he sure. did not give a fuck about pro wrestling, care less. could not understand why we talked about it all the time. <laughs> but I always asked about it. Always yeah, he, asked he about did. it. He was, he was cool enough to say, "How's the podcast going?" He was a real, give a rat's ass about what wrestling was about, but he was cool enough to ask how the podcast was. He was, he was a real generous motherfucker, and uh, you know, it's just a reminder. You know, let the people that you love know that uh, you love them. For sure, you know, that's it. And in, uh, in that case, I got I have something to say to you guys. Uh oh. Um, uh, let's get on with the pod. <laughs> <Wait, shit. laughs> JCB, what's the one count? I guess I can do anything. You can do anything. Uh, you st- you said promos, promos, promos. Let's talk with the promo that was the one um, last Wednesday, two Wednesday nights ago. I'm sorry. Um, I'm on the way home from work, and I'm looking at Twitter. It's a seven-minute drive, so I can kind of pick and choose what stoplights I can look at uh, Twitter, and I see a tweet from a friend of the show, Michael Wallace-Seals, basically saying that the promo of the year just happened. Maybe the promo of the world. I'm like, what the yeah, Mark, fuck? Mark Ortolan, friend of the show on Friends of BFR and Facebook, said that was the best promo of all time. Now that was an, that was ten minutes after it happened. That might be a little recent. <laughs> I was thinking, can we let this motherfucker simmer a little go, bit? Go ahead. So I'm like, okay, what the fuck happened? So of course I go home, you know, beat the cats, get ready, turn on dynamite, and it just happens. You knew these. You knew Punk and MJF were going to cross paths, but when they cross paths. This was when you probably should start paying attention because things should start getting good. And it just, I'll say it for myself personally, it was one of the best promos I've seen in a long time. It's on my short list for promo of the year. There was some low-hanging fruit jokes, but I think that's part of what makes a good promo battle good because you got to talk about the you got to talk about the obvious shit you got to talk about rosie o'donnell you got to talk about how he's been gone for seven years that's obvious shit but then you got to take things up to, to another notch which they both did on each other side yeah snow doesn't play live and not play informer you know what i mean you gotta play the hits <laughs> okay you, you gotta give the people what they want and at that point i'm just i'm sitting there watching this and it's going for like 10 or 15 minutes i'm like whoa they're giving these jokers all kinds of latitude, but it was totally worth it because we talked about this, and Zach hammers this point home like nobody's business. AEW comes out, and the first thing they do is they have a match. They don't come out and talk. They come out and have a match and get you invested if you are a pro wrestling fan. This was, dare I say, a sports entertainment start to an AEW show, which made it even more, you know, stand out. You know what I'm saying? I thought both guys did great. If I got to say, quote, unquote, who won, I got to give it to MJF. I thought he won. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, it was great. Uh, I was actually going to 
mentioned that, how usually you can always expect a great match at the beginning, and they subverted expectations, but they still delivered, rather than just subverting expectations just to do it. They're like, well, we're going to give this thing like almost 20 minutes uninterrupted of just a, a promo battle. And yeah, it was absolutely killer. Um, you know, really don't have anything negative to say about it. I I don't get all the people that act like it's anathema to mention WWE. Like, <laughs> WWE chooses not to mention other wrestling promotions. That is not the norm. That's not, like, normal to act like nothing else exists outside of your wor- world. That's, like, not normal behavior. That's, that's called a bubble, what, ladies and gentlemen. And that's yeah. not normal. Nobody lives in, any, in a fucking bubble. Or should in they live in a bubble? Aspect, yeah, in any aspect of your life. You should not be, like, putting blinders on to anything. And, I mean, how can you not reference it? Like, that's where people, like, Punk is an absolute megastar. Of course, like, like Jason said, like, you know, whether you want to say low-hanging fruit or just, like, the elephant in the room, I mean, like, you just got to say it. And it's also uh, an excellent way to get heat uh, because that fan base, especially live, you're just going to get booze as soon as, as soon as you mention it, and it's going to pop the people. And the whole point of pro wrestling is to pop the people. Like, you've got to get the people fucking going. Okay. And, like, why wouldn't you do the thing that would get them going? Like, why not do the thing? So you're just a fucking idiot if you, I mean, if you want to say like, oh, you lean on this like too much as a crutch, whatever. I don't think that I do, but like that's kind of qualifying a little bit. But the people that act like it just shouldn't happen, you're fucking idiots. And I just, I, I shouldn't even give them the waste of breath that I just did. And I'll say this and then you can jump in, Bill. The one thing, the last thing that they did, which was absolutely perfect, they didn't touch. No physicality. Yeah. No nothing. Now you're like, you just left me like, man, yeah, this ba- match is going to be the shit. Yeah, you have the baby face won it, and you have the heel roll out. It goes it goes like that because that, that's what works. Um, Like Zach said, we probably shouldn't give it – we probably shouldn't give it too much, too much oxygen, the people that were against it. Listen, I've listened to a couple podcasts with people talk about it. I was on Twitter that night because it was a fun night to be on Twitter. <laughs> but the smugs of wrestling Twitter, and that's what I call them. I call them the smugs because there are smugs out there that they just want to ruin what wrestling is. They want to ruin. Now, listen, I, I can get smug about WWE, but when there's something that's objectively fun, MJF and CM Punk going at each other and work shooting each other and you know you got a Miz you got a Miz reference you got a C, you got a Triple H reference you got a Cena reference and then I Oof. heard I heard somebody talking on a different podcast about how you know if the insults are Miz and Cena and Triple H then those aren't really ins- insults because those guys are so successful it's like yeah yes of course those guys are rich but those are also the guys that have been shoved down people's throats particularly cena and triple h when triple h back in the pw torch has this thing where you can read from 10 years ago their uh raw review from 10 years ago they would do it every monday night so you could read what was happening 10 years ago and it'd be funny because i was reading it in like 2016 
I read it every single Monday because I thought it was funny, and I really wasn't watching then in 2006. And it was all, oh, Triple H wins a handicap match. Oh, Triple H goes over Umaga in like two and a half minutes. It was like all this shit. It was like, and Wade Keller, who is kind of a, you know, one of the one of the scholarly dudes of pro wrestling. The Founding guys, fathers, the guys, the guy's been doing it for 35 years. He's had the newsletter. Oh, yeah, him and Meltzer are like one and one A. Right. You know, like Wade, Wade Keller is a very reputable journalist. He is. And he's kind of like the anti-Meltzer because nobody doesn't respect him anymore. Like there are people, there's a bunch of Meltzer haters out there. Well, T- sure. Different conversation. But Wade Keller was always like, why are they doing this with Triple H? Like, what are they doing? Like he takes up. 50% of Monday Night Raw, and he goes over everybody so easily. And now Triple H would probably say, well, I put over Batista three times in a row, three different pay-per-views. But that's not the way people remember it. <laughs> yeah. So, the, like, bringing up Triple H, I the, the thing that popped me the most was when MJF said hustle, loyalty, respect. Woo. I was like, God Uh-oh. damn. I was like, <laughs> yeah. And, Uh-oh. and you know what? PG Punk is a pretty good. Yeah, that's a nice Pretty nice good insult. <laughs> Gut well, punch. especially after Cena uh, did the whole, like, or I'm sorry, uh, Punk did the whole, like, Cena, like, he did, like, four out of five of the five moves of Doom like, in his match against Betty Kingston, you mm-hmm. know, just to, just to fuck with people. Um, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, I thought MJF, like, it's kind of like uh, George Costanza where he's like sitting down and, uh, you know, coming up with comebacks like after the fact, the whole jerk store situation. But I thought uh, MJF was going to say, well, at least the Miz made have ended WrestleMania because that would have, because, you know, Punk never got to. Yeah. Tony so. Khan, Tony <laughs> Khan signed two beers, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one I was waiting for, too. When, the, when Miz came up, I was like, oh, well. Yeah, if you really wanted to needle him, that's the one because apparently that's the one thing that really pushed Punk over the edge. And I not, don't necessarily have not, a problem. Not with everything. Not about everything's that. about the beefers. But if we're talking about promo, of the, <laughs> if we're talking about promo of the year, though, we better be talking about it. It's coming up. If we're talking about promo of the year, I mean that's a that's a promo for the ages. When MJF, because MJF, young guy, you know he is. Kind of the the chosen one, uh, so to speak, in AEW. You could talk about the other guys, too, if you want to, but MJF is the one that they immediately threw in with Chris Jericho, who I was just thinking about this tonight as I was catching up on Rampage from last week. Chris Jericho is... He lent an air of credibility to AEW right at the beginning, and it was just wind in their sails that they really needed and made him the first champion and the first champion and for them to i mean he had a fucking six month long thing with chris jericho that's no joke mjf is going to be around for a long 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 time it's actually my early prediction to take the belt off page my early prediction here here for 2022 he's taking that title off but he did not look he he stood up to the moment. He was not deer in the headlights at all. He did not stumble over any of his words. His reactions to CM Punk's jabs were perfect, very heelish, 
the guy's in character all the time. I can attest to it because <laughs> he didn't want me to get he didn't want me to get wing sauce on his scarf. But I, I'm not going to call it the promo of the year. But goddamn, I mean that was the promo of the year, right? Both guys played their parts perfectly. They just played their parts perfectly, and all the all everything that MJF said. What makes a good promo battle? Because when we talk about promo of the year a lot, usually it's one guy just cutting a promo. Agreed. It's very rarely that we even talk about two guys cutting promos on each other. Agreed. And this was this was one for the ages. I mean, no joke. I mean, AEW has given AEW has given us a lot of great moments in the last just in the last year. Yeah. And this was this was a big one. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. It, I was thinking about just the beefers just today because I was like, damn, you know, this is December. You know, I got to start thinking about, you know, who the fuck is going to be on the short list because there's going to be times where we all agree one of these four, three options are going to be on the list of the short list to, to vote on or whatever the case may be. I thought I had promo of the year pretty much wrapped up until this shit happened. Now you, for me, I have to really honestly think about it. And the best work shoot promos happen when there is just enough truth in everything that they say. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And and like I said, by the end, I'm like, okay, I don't, I can't remember who CM Punk was going to wrestle at that point. I'm like, I don't even want this anymore. Bring this little motherfucker back. Let's do this shit right now. I mean, what more is there to say about it? <laughs> Zach, do you have anything else to say about it? I mean, it was, it was, people asked me to grade it right afterwards, and I was saying, you know, nine out of ten, just yeah, because. It was solid. It was I, just. I, I, like I said, in high school, I was never allowed to get uh, A pluses. I, I could only get A's, so I'm reticent to give anything. <laughs> 10 out of 10 stars or 10 out of 10 but uh zach anything else to say about it uh only thing i have to say is i think uh, needle dick's gonna follow mjf around for <laughs> a little while yeah because he did it to him again the other night yeah but i, mean, yep. <laughs> I was about to say they got it like uh, kenny omega before he went away now they're going to have mjf with needle dick it's this is going to be a fun view man i just hope they can extend it into 2022, whatever the first big pay-per-view is for them in 2022, that's my hope that they can get it on a big stage where everybody can kind of sit back and enjoy it and let them have like 20 minutes and just go at it. Tremendous stuff. Let's get to that two count. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? Let me get my notes here. I got Meltzer, if anybody, here we go, I got it. If anybody ever listens to Wrestling Observer Radio, it's like, there's like a couple minutes every episode of like Brian just sitting there patiently while Dave says, let me get my notes. And he's like, I got them right here. And he's like, no, no, hold on. I've got them. <laughs> they just sit there. Not it, as bad as me. <laughs> it pops me every time. Uh, there's also a bit where like for at least a full year, uh, Meltzer would have a stopwatch that would go off in such a like a timex watch. Like, what to just you know you've, you've had like three minutes you get you need to shut the fuck up now. It's just like sitting in his office somewhere and he just doesn't ever. Oh, it kills me. Yeah. So like yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, Act like you ain't got a fucking show to do. You know what I'm saying? Maybe this might be one of those things where after so many times it goes off, you're like, hey, maybe I should get the stopwatch. Put it in the other room. Turn it off. It's like a total meme at this point. But anyway, (laughs) I stalled long enough to find my notes. So um, here we go. So start off with uh, Alan Angels versus Brian Danielson. Um, Kind of worried for Brian Danielson uh, because, you know, Alan Angels ruined Kenny Omega's career last year. So... (laughs) Uh, this was a little worrisome, but uh, they had a good match. Uh, Danielson sold a good amount for him, uh, not as much as Punk sold for Mariarty uh, next, but uh, they had a really solid match. Alan Angels is a very solid worker, as we've seen uh, numerous times, and uh, Brian Danielson has this aura about him. Uh, especially as a heel. I think he is just a fantastic heel Mm -hmm. because he knows wrestling psychology so well. Uh, It is not necessarily about shock value um, that, you know, MJF's a great heel, but him and Brian Danielson are not the same. No, not as heels. Even even though MJF's very smart as well, and he's really good at psychology, but Danielson just knows how to work. And also, still be the same character, right? Like, he he's doing a little bit of cheap heat, like putting jabs uh, into the crowd. He'll, like, kind of, uh, you know, mock the crowd a little bit. But he's kind of going back to that heel run, WWE uh, championship heel run, where he took it off AJ in St. Louis there, and he had the hemp belt and everything. And right. the fans were fickle, right? Brown. He didn't change. The fans it's changed, right? So. Uh, he does a really excellent job of just being an ass kicker, but now he's just more cocky about it, and it comes off as, as heelish. But anyway, uh, he totally tapped him out with a knee bar, um, and uh, this match was commentated by Hangman Page, although he didn't really say too much. I also have to say, I was very, very stoned for this. I actually had to stop watching. Um, the edibles were way more powerful than I expected. And I mean, I was like, I was so stoned. You know, whenever they're like, really stoned, you start like looking into the minutia of things. And, like you like overanalyze everything, like, even like yourself. No, no. And you're like sitting there and you're like, no. you're like, fuck, am I blinking too much? Like, and then like, are they, do people see me blinking right now? Like, oh, and then you can't dude. stop blinking. It's like that, that level of like stone. So, like I'm watching this and like Paige is sitting there. Uh, on commentary and this is just like the beginning of uh, me like over analyzing all of this shit so anyway uh, Paige is there um, Danielson comes out uh, of the match the victor and starts mocking Paige who gets up to go to the ring but is stopped by John Silver who says you can't touch Brian Danielson tonight which I was confused by and I was like am I high like what's going on like why can't I, I thought touch? the same thing was, too yeah I was like then it was like later clarified so this is a little minor storytelling error so either one of them is going to be suspended but they are but then John Silver runs to the races but I can touch him and he runs down to the ring Danielson gets out so anyway basically we have set this up for next week John Silver versus Brian Danielson which should be fun and uh, we know that winter is coming for Adam Page and Brian Danielson and this is going to be a TV match, and I think it's going to do really well. Um, this is a very exciting matchup uh, because even though Paige just got this championship, 
it's Brian Danielson. So his first his first like challenger is arguably like the greatest threat, kayfabe or not, to him losing this championship. It's intriguing television, and that is going to be the theme of this two count is all of the little ways that uh, AEW makes for intriguing television. So what do you guys think? Well, Alan Angels is a fucking really fun wrestler, and so is John Silver. And, again, I've never had a problem with those guys as wrestlers. I just <laughs> And the Dark Order is not what it used to be. I guess, really, at this point, my only problem is that they're still called the Dark Order, and they right. still have a guy named Evil Uno. Um, but I, I really like this match. Danielson cutting heel promos is just... Mm, chef's kiss, man. <laughs> Just give it all to me. Like if we're, we might talk about Mount Rushmore later, and Danielson really has to start being in the conversation. I mean, he has been around for so long that it's hard to keep him out of the conversation. He has turned those guys, and you know, this is a willing fan base. Also, this is a fan base that follows the BFR ethos of you got to boo the heels and. Everybody there loves Danielson, but everybody there is part of it. And everybody there understands their part and that they have to boo Danielson. And he's so fucking good at it, too. Uh, I'm into this storyline. Like, when you talk about long-term storytelling, it doesn't always have to be, you know, you get paid off six months from now or paid off two years from now like we did with Omega Omega and Page. It can also be... Well, we're going to tell an interesting story for the next four weeks, which isn't just these two guys coming out, interfering each other's matches, and cutting promos on each other, which I'm afraid that the Edge and the Miz will turn into. It's, you know, it's, that's pretty much what it's going to be. It, but it's, oh, so Paige is associated with Dark Order? Well, let's have Danielson run through all the Dark Order, you know? Oh, so MJF hates Jericho? Let's have Jericho run through, uh, you know, the five labors of Jericho or whatever it is. You know, this is something that is predictable. the 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 outcome That's of the logical. Ma- yeah, the outcome of the match was never in question. Danielson was going to go over Allen Angels, and that's fine, but give Allen Angels some rub. By the way, this guy has had spectacular matches with two of the best wrestlers in the world, if not the two best wrestlers in the world. You stole you my know? thunder there. <laughs> like, the, the guy can obviously fucking go, so I, I was way into this. No, I agree. I was just getting ready to say that Allen Angels is it's got to be a – a trivia question at some point, you know, who's the guy that's gave, you know, that wrestled both Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson in AEW at some point. This is what I expected the match to be. I expected them to make Allen Angels look strong. Um, the one, I guess, irony about this whole thing is now we see the heel running through the face faction when it's usually – the opposite way around when in chase mode and Brian Danielson is in chase mode, whether you, you know, it's, it's face or heel, but typically traditionally chase mode is a baby face. And then the heel sets up the barriers in between, you know, point a to point B point B, obviously the title match. If anybody can make it work though, it's Brian. Brian Danielson, Danielson is making this shit work. And I mean, he, he, and also he literally kicked out Colt Cabana's teeth. Now you got this motherfucker, uh, Alan Angels. You know he's talking about. You know I, I 
you know, tore his MCL. Even if he didn't, it doesn't matter. There is, it's just that now I'm breaking these jokers on the way to Adam Page. There is a slight dif- difference in the storytelling, though, in terms of when it's Jericho trying to get through MJF, like – Jericho's struggling to do it. It's like, yeah. oh, because he's a baby face, you know? Yeah. Brian Danielson's like, I'm running through these, these motherfuckers. motherfuckers. For sure. It's that it Marshawn Lynch yeah, quote. And it actually makes him. Run through motherfuckers' <laughs> <makes> mouth. Very, <laughs> <laughs> it makes him very menacing, right? So it actually works uh, in that heel dynamic because, you know, you're putting up these barriers, you know, like barrier defense, right? You know, like Darth Vader, like, is going to have a, or I guess you're looking baby face, right? Like, uh, Luke Skywalker is going to have a, uh, you know, some rebel scouts like in front of him, they're going to be tearing down these waves before they have like this final battle to the barrier uh, defense. And then this menacing heels just cutting motherfuckers down also uh, on his way to you. Right. Th- there's a, there's something that I, I thought about tonight while I was watching the Kingston uh, Dante Martin match. And it was WWE has a WWE style of match. Like, every match pretty much goes the same way. It's like, if it's a tag team match, the the baby, face, baby faces always fight from under. They fight from under, and then they turn it on. And then the Montez baby... Montez Force gets a hot tag. Right. There is no AEW style of match. Like, Tony Khan is not all over that shit like Michael P.S. Hayes and Vince McMahon are all over that shit in WWE, what I've, from what I've read. It's like these are these they let the wrestlers do whatever the fuck they want to do. And that is a huge difference in terms of watching a match that really doesn't have any formula. Well, no, it doesn't have any consequence. Like the 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 match was never in question. The outcome of the match was never in question with Danielson and Angels. For sure. But man, I watched the whole thing. Yeah. The outcome of the match was never in question with Eddie Kingston and Dante Martin. No doubt. But I'll be damned if I'm not going to watch the whole thing because yeah. I like watching those guys wrestle. I want to see what those two artists can put together for a 12-minute match. You would never say that about a WWE 12-minute match. You would never do it. They do things totally different. I will agree with you upon that. They're The WWE I'm an is... AEW sexual. <laughs> yeah, you have been on Twitter a lot. Um WWE does it this way, and I get, and we we're talking about you know beforehand where you know the WWE world is the hardcore. The hardcore will always believe that it's it's charisma first, wrestling second. It's sports entertainment first, wrestling second. It's been done this way for so long. This is the right way to do it because you know WWE is the biggest and the best and blah blah blah. Okay, I get all that. But I'm not going to sit up here and say it's the only way to do business. AEW, I think, for all intents and purposes, has become a viable alternative for you for the U.S. For if people want in the United States want to watch one or two things now, because now you have a choice. Yeah, but here's the thing: Are you telling me that, or not? Maybe you, but all the WWE sexuals out there, are they telling me that Orange Cassidy is not sports entertainment? Like that motherfucker is as it, sports entertainment, entertainment as, as it gets, gets. and to just do the slow boo boo and put his hands in his pockets, come on, that is sports entertainment. I'll I'll go this far, and I'm I'm kind of pissed off that we're even using the phrase <laughs> because it's just a Vince phrase. It is just a Vince phrase. It's it's 
something that ultimately it, it, because he didn't want to pay taxes is it the, the this is the phrase he wanted to come up with or be or have like athletic commissions like right. decide what you're going to do right so it became sports entertainment neither here nor there it, at the basis it's all wrestling if Orange Cassidy became a WWE guy I guarantee you a lot of those WWE hardcore guys wouldn't have a word to say no, he'd be chasing down the twenty four seven title also. Sure. And uh well here here's a fun thought experiment. What if John Cena just said he was all elite? What do you think John Cena's reaction would be Jesus the Christ. first time he walked into a place and John Cena says, I'm all elite and then he comes out comes down to cut the promo. Good lord. That could be as big as CM Punk's reaction, dude. Like people would flip out. Oh, I think he'd get booed. I don't think so. At first time, the first cheered. time it would be the it would it would just be such a if you could keep that under wraps, it would be Hulk Hogan, NWO heel turn reaction. If you could keep it under wraps, if you could keep it under wraps, I think. What if would, they announced that John Cena is going to show up at Winter Is Coming? He'd get booed, right? Yeah, immediately. I don't before think so, you man. before you just nah. said a word, he would just he would get booed. All, if you could play, you know, kind of, you know, a, a theme of his you know, parody of his music, shit. Hell, he can come out like Champa. Just bring him on out. He get booed immediately. I don't know. I really he, don't. You don't Look, think he would get booed off I, the no, jump? No, I, I think he would get booed. I thought that Zach was going to agree with me right away, and then Zach giving it pause. Now I'm like, eh, maybe. <laughs> they would be on That's how much I respect ass. Zach's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Once you respect my opinion, it's okay. I don't. You don't. I know you. Know you I, well I, I respect I your opinion. You agreed with me. <laughs> you know as well as I do. Upon <laughs> sight, they would be on John Cena. What was that at um in the Hammerstein Ballroom when uh RVD took the title off of him? I can't remember the pay per view. He threw the shirt at uh throughout the shirt in the crowd. He kept throwing it back. Threw the shirt out. I mean, it oh, would they be did that. On, they did that in Raw for a while though. Like that was be, a thing. It would be on that level. They're already doing with Cody Rhodes. They throwing his belt back at every turn. They kind of booed him on, you know, last night in his hometown. I'm like, dude, you well, booing Cody at home? We'll, Come on, dog. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay, uh, what's next? What's next, Zach? <laughs> uh, we had CM Punk versus Lee Moriarty. Uh, yet another uh, commentating uh, team, uh, like, fill-in, which makes Switch sense because, you know, JR is gone, so they're kind of like, Furthering storylines and adding like depth to these uh, stories by having the folks commentate, uh, their rivals commentate on their matches. So, uh, you know, Lee Moore already comes out, uh, CM Punk comes out, and then MGF music hits. And Punk stared at him for a long time. It's like uh, an abnormally time. long time. It was like a long time. That was another thing I was like. I was like, am I high or is he like staring at him for like a oh, really long both, time? Both can be uh, true. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's probably, <laughs> yeah. you know, see all of the above. Is Moriarty so, like, he's like Chad Gable to me. Like that dude, that dude is impressive. Like he is, he's not very big, but he is very he's, technical. He's lanky in that sense. I wouldn't I think outside of that, I, I can see Chad Gable. I bet that he, I bet that Moriarty uh, fought amateur. I wouldn't be surprised. I would be. I don't know. Willing. I don't know anything about him, but I watched that whole match and I was like, "God damn, this dude's fucking good." Yeah, he's a good wrestler, and uh, CM Punk gave him a ton of shine. They just 
you know, he just sold and sold and sold until to go to sleep. And that was like kind of one of MJF's like gigs was, uh, he's like, he's in the, still in the ring. He's like, look how hard of a time he's having with Lee Moriarty. And, uh, he's like, he's basically a rookie. Nick Gallagher's like, pretty sure he's had more matches than you, Max. It's like, oh, they're like, shots fired. I missed missed that. That's good. That was another like aspect. So like, I'm like overanalyzing all this shit, and I'm just like, man, I was like, Excalibur has so much credibility, like as an announcer, which is like sorely missing in all of WWE commentators because they're just shills and they're just saying what they're supposed to say in the program lines. But having that credibility of telling it like it is regardless of the show that's going on you know your your gordon solis and these guys the gorilla monsoons uh that, you, that we grew up with but uh but yeah uh super cool uh funk wins obviously and uh then we get another little uh promo battle uh between mjf and punk little promo battle light uh punk had a nice line about uh him wearing uh, Larry David's pajamas, which total heat magnet. His outfit was ridiculous. I know it's Hanukkah and he's Jewish, but it's just like full on every Jewish thing, candelabras and, um, you know, whatever else. M- MJ- MJF sold it like he was so offended by that too, which was, which was really good, <laughs> which was really good. Yeah, like he was wearing like the height of fashion or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then next week, they're going to be in Long Island, and MJF says he's going to beat Piper in Portland or CM Punk in Chicago uh, or Brett in Canada, and his fans are going to welcome him home. So we'll see. Um, I don't think that's happening. I think he's going to get booed. Hey, speaking of Larry David, did you guys see the Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David teams up with the, the Klan member to fool Woody Harrelson? the shit god damn it was so it was so fucking good man. okay yeah it was so I'm gonna go fucking ahead and say, funny i didn't see that episode. <laughs> it, it, was, <laughs> it was really funny trust me uh i i, I love this whole segment uh like they shouldn't i i don't mind a little uh promo light after what they did the week before like that's the way it should be we want to hear mjf talk the dude can talk obviously punk is punk uh, I thought that this was a perfect segment, Jason. To me, it was more about just getting Lee Moriarty over, you know, making him look as strong as humanly possible in the loss, which Punk did. From that point, like you guys said, this was more just stoking the fire of the feud between Punk and MJF. Didn't have to be too long. I mean, you gave us a lot, you know, the week before. This was just, you know, a little bit of a little, let's just call it a side dish, you know, to the feud or whatever the case may be. For me, it was more about the match. I wanted to see how they made Lee Moriarty look. And ultimately, like I said, he looked good. And like I said, from that point, Punk and MJF's going to happen. It's just, you know, when and where. Totally. And, uh, you know, we're gonna he's going to have to go through Wardlow, as was, physically evident because Punk goes up to him and Wardlow stands in front and essentially asks Wardlow and says, is this the hill you want to die on? Which I thought was a great line. <laughs> like, and uh, so oh, and we're shit. actually going to get that match because remember that was written on the full gear. I was just going to say, Wardlow. I was just going to say that we do not talk, but th- this was not brought up in our BFR uh, uh, text thread at all. I was just going to say that 
that on the full gear leaked card, it was uh, Punk versus Wardlaw. Wardlow. Yeah. And yeah, so, we just we took know, the long way around, but now we're here. Yeah. Yeah, logical story progression. Tony Khan obviously has a plan. Like, I mean, this dude, Booker of the Year, like, and, oh, surprise. I'll also like, – He's I'll, winning Booker of the Year. I'll, I'll also <laughs> – I'll also admit that uh, – you know, I did a lot of, I did a lot of dunking or not dunking, but I talked a lot of shit on AEW earlier about having so many teams. But man, when you get into long story, long term storytelling stuff, it is better to have teams because then you can do things like CM Punk versus Wardlow before you get to MJF, and it'll make sense. It's the same thing with Dark Order and Adam Page. So once again, I'm wrong. I'll just say this: I would. I kind of agree with what you're saying. I just wish it'd be more, you know, like the pinnacle. We'll just go with them because we're talking to MJF. FTR is kind of like, you know, between like two quote-unquote factions, whatever the Andrade faction is and the pinnacle faction is. I just wish you just start to tighten it up a little bit because, you know, this is who goes with. No, I don't want to see. I'd rather it be more nebulous, to be honest. Like these guys, mm. these guys get along. Sean Spears is in the pinnacle, but Sean Spears hasn't been seen on TV with MJF in a minute. The pinnacle itself doesn't feel like they're an over fashion like the inner circle is. All right, if that well, makes it's kind of like. A- kind of like chaos or LIJ, you know, it's like they're it's they're new, aligned. It, it's like New Japan stuff. It is. Yeah, think of like uh, you know how many people are in Taguchi. Uh, not Suzuki Goon, but like in Taguchi Goon, right? Right. Uh, I mean, like Tanahashi's in Taguchi Goon. But if you ask somebody, like, what faction is Tanahashi in? You're like, oh, fuck, I don't know. Uh, but he's in Taguchi Goon. Uh, so, anyway. Now, uh, the, the next part on AEW Dynamite popped me the hardest. Dude, this killed me. Let me let me see if it's the same thing. So, Adam Cole comes out, goes all the way down to the fucking ring. <laughs> Does Adam Cole, baby, and walk back up. That's right, goddamn it! You respect my authority. I'm Adam Cole. Okay. I fucking died. Is that what it was? That's what it was. Yeah, it was so oh great. It, no, I mean, he goes down, does the whole thing, and then he just walks, walks right, right back, back up. up. Look, man, I'm as over as I've been any place else. Chill the fuck out. I'm gonna be champ at some point. That that's to me is what I took that from because a lot of social, at least Twitter was just like you know why are they you know booking Adam Cole like you know blah 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 look man Adam also, Cole can go anywhere also Orange Cassidy doing his slow kicks to each of the Bucks and then Adam nah, Cole being like fuck that <laughs> low blow, low blow. <laughs> just say I'm Dude, through playing real quick again over analyzing so like they <laughs> come out it's like an Orange Cassidy music hit. He comes out and he looks over at Adam Cole, and like they're just feet away from each other. And Adam Cole's like, "Is he looking at me?" And Adam Cole the entire time is looking dead at Orange Cassidy, like right in the fucking eyes. And he's like, "Is he looking at me?" He's looking at me. Are you looking at me? And like, the whole time he's looking at him, and he's like, "Son of a," and he just like takes right. off his headset. And um, and actually, even before that, another little detail, like, uh, you know, they sit down and uh, Shivani says, like, uh, have to have you here, Cole. And he's like, don't pretend. Okay. You know, because, like, okay. Adam Cole doesn't like Tony Shivani because and, he's friends with his wife. Right. right. 
And Tony, Tony shit, just, man. I mean, can't stand, you know, Adam, anytime Adam Cole comes out, it's just like, you know, MJF, you know, it's immediately, you know, I don't like this dude. You can't stand this motherfucker. Anytime you get, get, get a dig on Adam Cole, MJF, or anybody else, that's why I like Shivani in this mix, because Shivani is just like zero fucks given. Okay, I will scream, this is Sting. When Sting comes out, I will run down MJF at any given point. Motherfuckers don't give two shits. I love it. Clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, Ford yeah, uh, Cassidy not kicking on all cylinders. He does his thing and then uh, gets low blowed. The Bucks then completely mock his gimmick, which they are just absolute heat magnets. Another example of just dudes that are so much better at heels. Like Nick is so fucking great with his chain that goes from his ear to his, his nose. nose. Come on, man. <laughs> and his stupid hair. Like, he started out with this, like, auburn hair and then, like, they made that pink for the full gear. And they just always have, like, they're wearing rompers and shit. They're just fucking so good at what they do. Uh, and now, which, which up, one, now, which uh, one is Nick? Is he the black guy that says, what's up? Or is he the white guy that says, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You ain't shit, dog. He's the orange guy. guy that says, Super Kick Party! Merch Freak! Merch Freak's actually really funny. Nick yeah. Jackson is hilarious. If you watch BTE, he's legit the best thing about BTE, which, I mean, he, he's created it. So yeah, sense. he should be the best at Dude, then we had, this is the saddest thing on the entire show, like, because I was so high, my empathy levels were just jacked. And Wardlow comes out to face this jobber, AC Adams. Oof. Jesus Christ. Like, just absolute squash, which you knew it was going to be a squash, but he powerbombed him four times and then pinned <laughs> him. And then fucking Sean Spears comes in and beats the shit out of him. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, boy, on his like, paycheck oh that God. night. I got to I got yeah. to stop you here cuz you skipped one thing that happened on Rampage that they replayed but Tony Nese did come out and called out Sammy Guevara <coughs> and Sammy Guevara got in his face and Tony Nese said you it's an open challenge I challenge you they shook hands and then Tony Nese cheap shot at them I just want to put that out there because I've been a big Tony Nese guy I thought he was always really good like Remember on this podcast when we used to watch 205 Live and talk yes, about sir. it? Yes, it was sir. a long time ago. Yes, sir. But I do like That's Tony Nese. I just just wanted to throw that out there. He put, he shook, yes. They shook hands right-handed, and I was shaking my hand like, Tony Nese is left hand. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yuck. I'm like, God damn it, Sammy. Come on. We just had a whole conversation about doing homework and knowing who the opponent is. You don't know who Tony Nese is? I bet you you know who he is now. Well, he's knee, got your knee on his motherfucking uh ribs and shit. I'm looking forward to Tony Nese and Sammy Guevara. I haven't seen any uh, Tony Nese on Dark or Dark Elevation, but I'm I'm sure he's just as good, just as crisp as he was at 205 or any time in WWE. That should be a good-ass match on uh, Rampage tomorrow night. Yeah, he's a more than competent worker. He's For a good sure. worker. And he's got a great physique, obviously. And I think the one thing that people shit on him for in WWE was that he didn't really have like a lot of, not a lot of his personality came out um you know he didn't he was just a good looking dude right like solid worker uh but you know he, said, he had no charisma Chinese. yeah not, but like he seems to have charisma like as a person 
So I think just being like free, just whenever he was given that little bit, you know, like just breaking down like how I'm gonna beat Sammy Guevara, right? right? Like it was not over the top, like awesome, but it was completely but that's what, serviceable. But that's what yeah, WWE logical. needs for their superstars or their fans want, you know, these over the top, bigger than life superstars. Tony Nese, God bless him, that ain't him. Like you said, in that AEW promo before Sammy Guevara came out and got that work. That's who Tony Nese is, and that's playing to his strengths. WWE doesn't play to individual strengths. They're like, okay, this is the system. Fit this system or you're going to get ready to get bounced. And even if you fit the system, we can bounce you at any given point. AEW is just yep. basically like, you know, go ahead, Tony. You know, here's your two minutes to, you know, say what you need to say. And to me, it was, like you said, it was perfect just in the sense that it was who I expect Tony Nese to be. You know what I'm saying? Versus, you know, who they want Tony needs to be, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, he just gave us a very logical story to the match. Like, we already have a story. It almost reminded me, like, uh, what John Moxley would do. Like, call your shot. Like, I'm going to break your fucking arm. Yep. And then he goes in there and breaks, breaks his, his arm. fucking like, arm. I'm sure they're going to work those ribs in that match. Yeah. You know? like, it's well, happen. as he should. And then I think ultimately – if, if Sammy Guevara isn't over, that's just going to give him a, more of a baby face layer of just getting over. He's going to have to fight through injury to defend the TNT title. In this case, the injury is the ribs. He's going to have some t- tough matches. They're going to go after the ribs. They're going to get taped up more and more. Somebody eventually will beat him, and that person is going to get you know all kinds of heat for it, and that's, gonna, that's how it's supposed to work. At the risk, I, I know that I've – gone fully over to the AEW side these days but <laughs> it's good to know it's good to actually you guys admit that but this is an example of how oh, AEW shit. oh Vice is on its way uh, oh there's Vice <laughs> <laughs> Christmas has come early boys and girls but this is a this is a great example about how AEW can keep adding guys and keep making guys feel relevant. Like, everybody doesn't have to be there all the time. Everybody doesn't have to be on every single show to be relevant. You know what I mean? Like, they, they're adding Tony Nese. I loved when Sammy Guevara was like, oh, here we go, another fucking new guy. <laughs> another new guy talking shit, you know? Right. No, which is, and that's what a perf, that's a perfect thing because we, I've said this on multiple times at nauseum. AEW is getting to the point where they don't need to be signing anybody else. So, I mean, for Sammy Guevara to come out and look at Tony Nese and just immediately run him down, like, okay, the new guy's talking shit, that's fucking perfect. That's, it's, it's, that's exactly Sammy what you're supposed the gatekeeper. to do. For this point, the yeah. Open challenge, he's the gatekeeper, you know. For this point, for like the mid card, for sure, because this is going to be the guy. Ultimately, when Sammy Guevara drops it, he's going to have to move up. Now, how you figure that out, good luck with that. But that's another story for another time. As that's it stands why right MJF now, MJF will have the title. And no, 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 no. I previous no, beef. No, I agree with you on that. And I'm, I'm not going to sit up here and, and jump on the page. Drops it to MJF bandwagon. 
in the immortal words of Bill, I'll say my normal line. Let's see how this shit plays out. That's more for AEW than it is for WWE before you start giving me shit That's about That's my this. line? No, you you say, oh, let's, well, you want to see how it plays out? You want to see how it plays out? I usually say that <laughs> about AEW. WWE, you pretty much know how this is going to play out, unless it's even if it's Roman Reigns up to this point. Sure. Uh, it's going to happen, and then uh, they're going to move on, and somebody's going to forget that it ever happened before that the WWE would do it. But uh, moving on. We had a Penta Pack promo. Uh, just uh, Pen, or I'm sorry, uh, Phoenix had some travel issues. wasn't going to make it, so uh, they're going to be wrestling. Pack's going to take his place in the, in the match on Rampage, and they are still wrestling at Triple Mania for the title. So Penta and Phoenix versus FTR for the Triple Mania, for the Triple A title. So Triple Mania is coming up. Uh, this is that this weekend as well. I don't think it is. I think it's the following weekend, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's next weekend, but I was going to say, I want to see that, uh, how they feel the, uh, the triple A title match. Cause, uh, they're bringing in guys yeah, from like outside a, or whatever the case may be. So like that should be good as well. Five, yeah, six way weeks. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds. Of, see that? Uh, just a sidebar for 30 seconds. I like the fact, I shouldn't say I like the fact, but I hate that ROH you know, closed its doors. But I like how ROH talent is kind of slowly but surely integrating into other promotions. The Briscoes won the uh, GCW tag tiles. You got Lethal in AEW, but then he's going down to Triple uh, A to do Triple uh, Triple uh, Mania or whatever the case may be. This is a good... ROH going down is not the worst thing in the world because I think a lot of I said like I said before a lot of these guys are going to get other work. It's just now not all of them. The upper echelon is going to get theirs. They're going to get theirs now. You know, like Beer City Bruiser. Okay, he might cheeseburger. Have to, wh- why is this kept? Cheeseburger has been around the world. I like cheeseburger. He's he's been in New Japan. He's been yeah, in Mexico. Be He'll be fine. I, I like Silas Silas Young a lot. Very underrated. Honestly, He'll be fine. All this stuff is good for the independent scene, right? Uh, right? NXT almost killed the independent scene, and it's funny how this is happening at the same time as NXT's change. You know, shifting mm-hmm. its concept. So I it's mean, perfect. It kind of works out because these guys can then go back to the game. He's like, I'm really looking forward, like. Here in February, I'm thinking about getting tickets. You know, we got Malachi Black versus, um, uh, Jesus Christ. I don't know. There's a star-studded show in Portland in February, and it's awesome uh, because there wouldn't be happening if there wasn't so much talent available. Okay. And I think that's going to be throughout the entire country. So that's pretty dope. Uh, what was next on Dynamite? Thing and Darby Allen versus the Gun Club again. Just little things, man. Like, I know the Gun Club has been just running through people in dark and stuff for the most part and dark elevation. But, like, they're an undefeated tag team, right? They they have, like, a ton of wins under their belt. Billy Gunn Darby looks Allen. insane, dude. He I mean, looks insane. He is it's, it's so insane. jacked. I'm like, they How still, old is that motherfucker? He's, got, he's in his mid-50s. He's got to be. Yeah. So the combined I mean, he looks Billy crazy. Gunn is like 120 years, right? <laughs> Between him and Sting was like easily over 100 years years old in the ring, right there, and they both yeah. pulled that shit off. I was giggling to myself because they're like, you know, both teams are undefeated. I'm like, man, if this was like a 
a fucking uh, Jeopardy question. Be like, you know, the Gun Club and Sting and Darby have this in common. Man, look, I'd have been sitting there like, uh, what is length of age? You know, I'd have never guessed they were he undefeated. Just, he just turned 58. Jesus Christ. 50. Yeah, that's nuts. He looks. Yeah, 120 years. Yeah, he looks He's fucking doing a insane, dude. Okay. The match I thought was good. Um, also, just, one of the worst regular names in pro wrestling history, Monty Sop. Yeah, I would change that shit to Billy Gunn, too, real quick. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, it's funny because he goes by Kip. Yeah, It says Monty Kip Sop, man. God damn, Zach's yeah. on top of shit. <laughs> I, but yeah, uh, this match, I... I was like so into this match because like Sting and Darby Allen were, you know, undefeated on the upper end of uh, the card, right? They're like, they're up, they're up, they're at the top as far as like protected dudes in AEW, like they're up there and Darby is just going all out and the psychology of this match was great because, you know, Sting tags in, they tag in Billy Gunn and these guys face off and they're both tall dudes and Billy Gunn is taller than Sting and they just start going off, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, who's going to bump for who? I'm like, two fucking old dudes in here. I'm like, they're both, like, really into it. I was like, man, I was like, who's going to bump? And Sting starts throwing his chops, and I'm like, ah, oh. like, Billy's going down. He bumps hard for Sting. And Darby's doing these topes. Like, one tope, he landed on his head. And then, like, the second tope, he hit it's Billy Gunn. Damn near spun. reckless. I, was... I mean, he just spun. I watched it. 30 times. I'm not even exaggerating. I, he just. Well, the one that happened on the stuck. dynamite that we didn't talk about because we didn't have a Upon show that week. Yeah, he came in hot. Dude, that looked violent. Oh. Okay. Both weeks, yeah. he's come in to the point where I was just like, oh, oh. Last night I was watching it. I was at a tennis apartment or whatever. And we were watching that shit. He came in hot on, on Austin Gunn. I'm like, God damn. I mean, you know, to the point where. I like to be entertained, but not at the expense of, you know, breaking necks or going into the first or second Oh, you never watch Faces of Death? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, man. uh, I will say there was a great, a great, like, near pinfall here where Austin had come in and sucker punched (laughs) Sting behind the the ref. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, they're actually going to pin Sting because, like, that was, like, the last thing that I thought was going to happen. And I mean, they worked me like real hard. And has Sting been pinned? Had a nice no. kick out. No, uh-uh. I'll, I'll say nope. this: like in the in the holiday tradition of me admitting that I'm wrong a whole lot. Damn, this was me like a few <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> I was pretty banged up that night. <laughs> I've, I've also I've also been wrong about AEW uh, with their st- with the way that they booked and presented Sting. I've been wrong about it. Like Sting, like they have protected him. He hasn't had to do that much. No, he's clearly having fun doing it, which I, which makes me have fun as a viewer, you know. And he's gotten Darby Allen over even more, which even though Darby Allen's not my dog, I don't know. Is that possible? I thought he was pretty over by the time Sting just oh, walked in the door. No, he's made he's made pretty much for the next ten years just by his association with Sting. Yeah, I, he really I, blew I, him I up. think. No, I mean, if, if I could, I if could AEW, be wrong. No, if AEW is here for the, you know, the, you know, hopefully the next ten years, I see what you're saying. 
it would make sense. Also, new face paint. I didn't mention the new yeah. face paint. That was yeah. dope. Uh, but, so. I was trying to give you a win, man. Now you're talking about face paint. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, I'm still seeing Market Hart. Like, uh, He's painting the other side of his face now, huh? I'm wearing a, yeah, I'm wearing a 25-year-old t-shirt for that right now, so. Um, that's how fat of a kid I was. I still fit into it. You know, so, I, I got that. I got that shit that you wipe up on your infant's butt that gets all white. What's it called? Desinex. Yeah, I just wipe it, and I, I just wipe one side of her butt, and I'm like, it "Looks like Darby." I don't. Know. I got to put the other side on, and I'm like, "Oh, that looks like Darby. That looks like Sting." <laughs> oh, and then I just let her sit there and cry for the next five hours. <laughs> I gotta do a bunch of ninety nine uh, shots. Thing <laughs> uh, did get a you still got it chant, which I mean, I don't think anything's gonna make you feel uh, older than getting a you still got it. Chance, yeah, it's offensive. Oh, he's Jesus. still in his sixties, so I mean, it is what it is. He is in his sixties. How far is here? Okay, I'm, I'm not. I'm, Jericho, I'm not saying I'm a Sting Mark now. I'm just saying I'm. I like the way that AEW has used them, and I don't hate them as much as I used to. Wow. <laughs> 2021, man, in wrestling, I say it all the time on Twitter. It is so weird. It I is just, the weirdest year I just ever. I never want you guys to tell me that I can never admit when I was wrong, because I can admit when I'm wrong. I can. And okay. I feel like I feel like you can, too, and I feel like Zach can, too. I Under duress. Like <laughs> <laughs> Under duress. <laughs> This better be some good fella shit. Henry, you cracking under pressure? <laughs> All right. What's next, Zach? Um, Jericho and 2.0. So uh, Jericho has, I, and it makes sense, you know, um, as, you know, Moxley's out. Eddie having a tag team partner kind of makes sense for Jericho. For me, it kind of seems like Jericho, I don't know this, but I'm just thinking in my head, Jericho's like politicking. He's like, man, Eddie Kingston's real hot right now. I'm going to stay relevant. Hey, Tony, uh, what do you think about pairing me up with, uh, with Eddie, you know, against <laughs> 2.0, uh, just to stay relevant, right? I think it's the opposite. Like, not- I think it's the opposite way. I think Tony Khan is being like, man, Eddie, Eddie's hot. Let's put you with Jericho. That could be. I'm just being more cynical about it. Uh, but uh, either way, it's good and entertaining. But Jericho took a total beatdown, uh, 2.0, you know, beat them down with a chair, Puts him up against the steel uh, steel door, smashes a chair in his face. Uh, so really, kind of puts him down. Kind of wonder where where's the inner circle? Where's your boys? A little more of these backstage beatdown segments than there have been, but it's it's kind of all centered around one group. It's it's really 2.0 is, is the backstage beatdowners. That's kind of what they do now uh, through Eddie through Coffee and Eddie Kingston's face last week. Oh, fucking brilliant. They're like, you're not hungry enough, Eddie. He's like, I want this cake. Thanks to his coffee in his face. Eddie wouldn't fuck around with this cake, man. Hurry uh, up so I can finish. I'm an, I'm an Eddie Kingston mark, dude. I want to see He's Eddie so Kingston good. and Kevin Owens fight in a grease fire match. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So which one can survive their bellies rubbing against each other? Jesus Christ, dude. What the <laughs> fuck? We might, we might be able to see it in a couple months. Who knows? Come on, man. Uh, I just say be, first things first. Let, let, let KO finish out his WWE contract. I mean, goddamn. Y'all but, motherfuckers jumping the gun. I love Eddie Kingston. Just imagine. Yeah, Eddie Kingston's great. 
2.0 has been awesome. Like they have yeah. for what they do. They're like, dude, can you imagine? Like we, the whole joke was like, I didn't even know who Everrise was. Right. I was like, you could put anybody. I could never pick them out of a lineup. They're supposed to be and pest then, heels, and they're pest heels. Okay, but here's kind of so, my here's my problem, I guess. And this is just me nitpicking about this whole thing, and it goes back to my initial point about just you know factions and groups and so on and so forth. This should be at least the pinnacle doing some stuff like this, or I don't know. It just it feels like a lot of these factions aren't doing what I think they should be doing. They're not concise. You don't know who's with who. And then on that point, I don't have a problem with, you know, splitting them off and, you know, you know, doing angles off of that shit. That's what you're supposed to do. So you're asking where, where is LAX? Hell yeah. I mean, damn, it's like six motherfuckers in the inner circle and none of you motherfuckers are there. Nobody can come help Jericho. Well, they're, nobody. They're celebrating Thanksgiving. Man, kiss my narrow ass. Fuck that. That know, was the, that was the how, week beforehand. I know how much. Well, Mexicans really love Thanksgiving. It's a big thing for them. I'm not even going to. Is that true? No, not at all. No, <laughs> they're, they're not American. They're Mexican. I know, but that'd be, I was like, that'd be weird. I mean, like. Americans just love celebrating genocide. That's the only reason. Like, we just eat it up, literally. Like, oh, <laughs> God damn fucking eat. That's why I'm listening to that Rise and Fall of the Third Reich novel. Uh, team right, Tag. So, moving on. Uh, yes, uh, this is kind of where, dude, I, I, this is where I turned it off for a minute because, like I said, these edibles kicked in and they were just ramping up. And like I just got to the point where I couldn't sit still. Yeah, man, this is pretty and good like, for about a, you know some good edibles an hour half in. That's not half bad. Yeah, it was it was just a an exercise in willpower here, and I was really enjoying myself. And then I just got really uncomfortable at this <laughs> segment because like I just didn't know what was going on. Like Taz is there, and then you just have Hook and Hobbs like standing behind him. Like I know you see guys on TV. But, like, I just, I was just very confused because, like, he's doing commentary and he starts doing Steiner math. And uh, he's got. That was on purpose, though. I know. I know it was perfect, though. I I immediately started laughing. It was good. Dude, God damn. What the fuck? This is Steiner math. Taz, we do it. I'd like to talk about Leo Rush. Yeah, so that happens. So they're standing there. Leo Rush comes out. And this is like, I don't know what it was. It was, was just doing the whole like i'm a fighter and right. it's like this is like very much after school special mm-hmm. uh, because like he's like i'm a fighter and you guys are bullies. no matter what's going to happen and- i'm gonna go ahead and you know we're gonna do this damn thing yeah uh, but the right, first dude, thing right. he said the first thing he said to taz was hey you're an announcer you say you don't know who i am you're supposed well, to know that's who your I job am. yes oh, that's that your job that was a great was line a great, it's your job to know me that yes. was a great line yes i loved it Called him uh, out. But then Dante Martin comes out and he like starts fist bumping with Team Taz, like looking Leo Rush right in the eye. That's where it got real after school special. And um, I just got weirded out. Okay. And, and there, it's not really anything. I was just too high. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen out of this? I have my guess. What do you think is going to happen? It's almost like um, I think it's I think it's a red herring. I don't think Dante's with Leo Rush. I think it's maybe more of a infiltrate and uh, kind of take them apart from within. But I do think this is um, 
another way to elevate Dante Martin outside of just being in matches because he's obviously fantastically athletic and he's going to get over. But he needs work. He's got to promo. If you're going to be a total, complete wrestler in a complete package, you can't just be this dynamic guy in a ring. you got to be able to be involved in these more complex like stories and be able to talk. And he's got Leo talking for him, and he hasn't said anything. And I think, obviously, that's on purpose. But it's kind of building up like we want to hear from Dante, right? So instead of just Dante coming out and saying some shit and maybe not being like super great at it, we're getting to a point. They're building us up to where we want to hear from Dante Martin. I want to hear what Dante Martin has to say about this. And I think it, I mean, it's, it's intriguing storytelling. It makes me want to watch and see what happens next. And that's what you want for, for weekly subsequent viewers. I, I kind of have a different view of it. My view of it is, is that they've they've taken Dante Martin away from Leo Rush because Leo Rush shouldn't be a manager. Leo Rush should be his own guy. Leo Rush needs to be a wrestler. Leo Leo Rush needs to challenge for the cruiserweight title or the TNT title or the whatever. I was thinking they needed the cruiserweight title. The cruiserweight. Yeah, I was going to say that's crazy. I'm saying that, that Leo Rush needs to be his own man because Leo Rush is a guy that can represent himself. And just because you're so good at talking when you're 26 years old doesn't mean that you should be a manager. It means that you need to be talking for yourself and wrestling for yourself. I'm a Leo Rush mark. Oh, I... I mean, he might be 27, I guess. I mean, he was – when he was I Bobby – I thought when he was Bobby Lashley's dude, he was 24 or something. That's crazy. Yeah. 27, wow. I mean, I, it's just because he's retired so many times. Right. And that's not a dig. But well, I think, I mean, like, <laughs> uh, Taz, Taz, he's like, you need to retire. And I was like, oh, man. I'm I was going to say, he was, born in, he was born November 11, 1994. He just turned 27. That's insane because he is – so fantastic in the ring, and I've known about him for a long time. Yeah, he's, I mean, he he's crazy. Early, so. Well, when he yeah. signed to NXT, there were people, and you couldn't tell if it was a shoot or a work on Twitter, but they were like, this guy's an asshole backstage. Uh, he pisses everybody off. But he was also on the challenge, which yeah, me, uh, J-Bell, and Vice all watch, and he didn't seem like an asshole at all. He seemed, yeah. He did, oh, ultimately, Vi- no, Vice said he I seemed agree. underwhelming. Yeah, for a WWE superstar, he was I not. He was not a big personality or at all. So, I, I, I don't mind if they take Dante Martin away from him as long as they make him his own man. Like, I'd love to see him and Sammy Guevara do twenty minutes. Like that sounds fucking oh, dude, tight. Yeah. yeah, you know. Okay, see, that's where. I'll piggyback on what you just said. That's a two-part thing. Number one, if there's another title that needs to be added to the AEW roster, it's a cruiserweight title of some sort. You can, especially with this open before door. Before trios? Before trios. I'll go that far. Because this, if I thought they would do factions, you know, the way I want them to do, this is who is in Death Triangle. This is who is in... You know, the pinnacle, you know, you got the inner circle, blah, blah, blah. You can do I don't it. Think it's that, I don't think it's that ephemeral. Like, I mean, if you ask me what the factions were, I feel like I could write them all down and, like, no, do no, like no. a map. Okay. How everybody's connected. I, I, don't guess, think it's- I guess better choice of words. 
they're not booking them the way that I think they probably should be. FTR is is to me is the one that goes from back to forth. Then from that point down, my next problem with you know how they're booking is you know um, Andrade and uh, Malachi Black or the you know are they affiliated? Are they not affiliated? Is you know who's the House of Black? Blah blah blah. If it was me, I would go cruiserweights first because it, it feels like you can do that at any given point. You can do that right now. Trios titles feels like it's not necessarily a a priority to AEW. They're so loaded up with talent, though. They just have most. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing. The more belts, the better. I've always said it. So what you're saying is you're a body shamer. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's Joe Gacy, man. Back the fuck up off me. (laughs) Oh, we'll talk about. We can talk about Joe Gacy. I'll say that ain't me. Then we had. uh, I'm a fan. Quarter quarterfinals of the Chris or the TBS Women's Championship. Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho. Pretty compelling match, even though. I think we knew who was going to win. Um, I really like Chris Statlander, and at the end of it, even despite the loss, they said, you know, they kind of, you know, put it out there like, she will get her shot because she will. Like, this is not the end of the road for Chris Statlander. This is just a bump along said road, and she will be uh, competing for this title uh, in the future. But, um, you know, I don't have anything like, uh, overarching to say about this, maybe because I watched it whenever I was sober. Because, like I said, I I had turned it off. I mean, I, I, I think I that, did like I think that Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero are a good team. I I wish that Vicky Guerrero was on AEW television more. To be honest, like they kind of dropped the ball with this one. I think I think that Vicky is. You just said it. She is a heat magnet, and if you really, really, really wanted to push Nyla Rose. You put the right person next to her, but they, for whatever reason, whether it's Britt, whether it's Ruby Soho, Chris Statlander, fill in the blank. Not only is she a heat magnet, she is fucking talent, man. Like, Vicky Guerrero gets it. She gets what the business is, and she is there to put people over. She gets people over. Baby faces, heels, whoever she's with, whoever they're wrestling against, she gets people fucking over. I think that you could argue that Edge wouldn't be as over in his singles career if Vicky Guerrero wasn't there. Would you? No. <laughs> I said, you didn't even watch this shit. <laughs> I wasn't watching, so I can't say it. Oh, Vice is asking me, would I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Vicky? <laughs> sure. Okay. Equal I'm opportunity. I'm not hey, a racist. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not a fucking hey, racist. I know you. Clearly, you're not a racist, <laughs> motherfucker. I mean, goddamn. I mean, if you are, give me like 15 seconds to the car before you call that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got to talk about this main event. The main event was Jesus. bonkers. <laughs> if you want to, I was thinking otherworldly. Andrade versus Cody? No. Oh, Dude, this shit was bonkers. Tell us about Zach. Cody's in his hometown and gets booed from the jump. No, right? no, I thought it was I thought it was mixed. I thought it was mixed. It was- oh, it's definitely mixed. I'm not saying it was full booze. No, I'm just saying like there were booze. Yeah, you're you're right. It was totally mixed. Um, but these guys were going to town. 
Uh, and obviously last time they were in Atlanta, Cody did the moonsault off the top of the cage onto Wardlow. Um, he wanted to one-up himself. So um, he's like, we're going to put T-Paint at ringside and I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, I'm going to juice and I'm going to go through a table of fire. Jesus so, like, <laughs> uh, but there was, you know, this is definitely, uh, you know, your classic street fight, and um, these guys went hard on each other, and they had, you know, beef. Like, so it wasn't just like out of nowhere, just to pop a crowd. Like, they've been feuding for a while. Like, and um, you know, Cody's underneath the ring, and he pulls out a sledgehammer, and the symbolism is absolutely perfect. And he just tosses it aside. It's like, nah, it's like we have fun. You do that shit away, I'm like, man, you ain't shit, man. Keep that motherfucker, man. Work with that. That's what you need to do. and then, second thing, he pulls out a golden, golden shovel. shovel. I'm like, dude, I'm done. Oh, my To bury God. talents. I'm like, dude, I'm done. Absolutely <laughs> killed me. It was so perfect. Like, so smart. Why are you not uh, a heel, man? Come on. But he, he's, he's had the golden shovel before, though, right? Done he, to him. Oh, he hasn't used it himself? This is the first time that I can think of an AEW. I thought he pulled it out to... When he first came out, the very first time, all in, in Chicago, two years ago, before AEW was a thing, he smashed the fucking, you know, the throne that was with a sledgehammer. With the golden shovel? No, it was a sledgehammer. This is the first time that I can remember that he came out with a shovel. Oh, I thought the golden golden shovel thing was new to me. That was new? Oh. Dude, like I said, when he came out with that, I was literally on the ground. Joey was like, are you okay? I'm like, dude, this is the fucking funniest thing I've seen in a hot minute. It was perfect. Now I'm like, dude, why are you not going heel? This is what we go back to with the MJF Punk promo, though, is that, like, you have to acknowledge, like, everybody in the room knows that WWE exists. Everybody in the room knows what burying means in terms of wrestling. So a golden shovel is pretty funny. When that Cody is, is doing it to Andrade, who's been accused of it in WWE. Yeah, and now, but it would have worked out better if Andrade would have gone over. Okay, but, but another story. No argument with that. No right? argument with that. No argument with that. Because Cody goes over. Zach, you tell us. Yeah, so... Um, Yes, uh, they pull out a table. The hooded figure comes out. Hood comes down. It's Brandy. Also mixed reaction. Lots of booze. Lots of tears. Um, she sprays lighter fluid all over this thing. Lights it on fire, and then they're in a super rush to get through this table. Um, and Cody's got flame retardant shit all over his back. Uh, he's been wrestling with all match. Um, because you saw stuff on his back. I'm like, what the fuck is that? It looked like he had, like, a sunburn, and his skin was all peeling off. Um, so now we finally understood why. I didn't understand what that was until just now. I didn't get that. Yeah, so I, that it I looks like he was peeling. Yeah, They, so they said something on commentary. Out. was like, oh, no, maybe it was, you know, something that, you know, the, the trash that was thrown on him, you know, it's the trash on his back. I'm like, the trash on his back? I'm like, dude, look. I've been sunburned one time in my life. That looks like sunburn to me. <laughs> hey, go up. When at birth? <laughs> no, true. Tr- <laughs> <laughs> they messing with me, Reba. That's fucked up. Get me, get my back. 
True story. One time when I got sunburned, I was on the Arizona, like it was the Snake River. My boy was, we were floating on the river. He was like, you know, Jason, you're getting purple. You Jason getting purple. He's like, you should put some suntan lotion on. I'm like, man, look, I'm black. Nobody, black people don't get sunburned. Man, not I got, true. I got on that flight, man. My skin was peeling. That shit was hot to the motherfucker. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Sunburn like nobody's business. That shit was brutal. <laughs> it was, dude. The dude was like, you turned it purple. I'm like, purple? I splashed some water in my, my head and my face. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Man, that's the, apparently that's the worst thing you should be doing at that point. <laughs> so Cody's got the flame retardant stuff on his back. They suplex through the table. Uh, Cody takes the bump through the table. Andrade kind of goes over it. Cody's rolling around in the fire. The the kind of flaps of the flame retardant stuff are on fire. On fire. Andrade's like flapping them out on Cody's back (laughs) as he's getting a three count. Incredible. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But... You know, got to go out with a bang. Um, I mean, <laughs> no, that's doing too much, what they wanted. No, that's doing it's, too uh, much, man. As soon as Brandy came out, I'm like, okay, this is shit's getting ready to go left. She started to bring out the lighter fluid. I'm like, man, this is some mankind shit. <laughs> what the fuck is I'm telling on? you, I watched that whole match today, and if... You're doing too much. If the referee would not have put out the fire, because how bad was it going to hurt him? Any more than it already had. And if, the, if Andrade wasn't trying to slap out the other fire on Cody's back, <laughs> if they just would let him pin Andrade while he had two flames coming off his back, it would have been the baddest ass thing. <laughs> I, I'm not saying, like, I know that they were trying to be safe. Don't encourage him to sit your ass down. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not a thing where I, I don't want them to not be safe and shit like that. I'm not fucking <laughs> New Jack. What did you just get for this saying? I'm just saying, if they would have let Cody pin Andrade while... With flames <laughs> coming out of they were everywhere. But, Zach, back me up, though. They were only, like, five seconds away from doing that, though. They could have done it very easily. Like, the referee put fires out before he counted the three, which I know they're being safe. But it would have been an all-time picture. Just an all-time I'm actually time just picture. because for the past, like, three-plus years, I thought I was doing this podcast with New Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Thank you. No, I you're, mean, dude, you're right, come on, though. man. I think come it would have been, made for an excellent visual. <laughs> Come on, man. So, 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 so let's not worry about the second or third degree possible burns on Cody Rhodes. Let's not worry about the fact that Andrade might have gotten his eyes, you know, burnt, you know, taken out by this fire. Could be the funniest thing Zach's ever said. Could be the funniest thing Zach's ever said on this podcast. Could be the funniest thing. I mean, no, Bill's like, no, fuck this shit. Fuck, fuck I'm public just saying, safety. I'm just, Go ahead and count, count three. No, count to three. It, it wasn't a public safety thing. They could have let joking, it burn I'm for joking. three more seconds. The referee could have gone one, two, three, and the shit could have burned on his back, and it would have been an all-time poster. Just an all. Not that they still can't do it. Anyway, AEW fucking rules. It was a great dynamite. Let's get to that three count. It was. It was just a great dynamite. Yes, yes. I I, I agree completely, man. It was a fucking great dynamite. Oh my god! It was. 
It was a great it was a great rampage too, man. We don't even have to talk about Eddie Kingston versus Dante Martin, which is also really good. Adam Cole and Bobby Fish. uh, Oh yeah, I wrote down Dante Martin. Sorry, Daniel Garcia. Uh, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish versus Orange Cassidy and Wheeler, Utah. Like, I mean, Wheeler, Utah. That's what I call him. I'm not calling him Utah. What do you call him? By his name. Mama called him Quay. I'm going to call him Quay. <laughs> That's real Utah. Okay. You over here disrespecting that man's name. I'm not down with the hip hop culture. Let's get to the three count. One, two, three. Okay, so let's talk about some main roster WWE stuff before we get to NXT and our predictions. Uh, the main roster Sorry, NXT really. stuff. Uh, well, I'll just skip to my favorite part. There was a battle royal where Sami Zayn ends up winning. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy thinks he's win. Thinks he's won, and then Sami Zayn throws him over. Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn celebrates, and then Caleb Braxton comes out and says that Brock Lesnar is going to be back next week. My favorite part about this was when it shot to Roman Reigns and the Usos backstage, and they were laughing. That part was Sa- funny as fuck. At Sami Zayn <laughs> winning the number one contender. That part was funny as fuck. Perfect shit. Uh, what do you think about that, you know funny? Zach? I actually hated that because Sami Zayn uh, has the potential to be, I know he's a heel right now, uh, but he has the potential to be like the top baby face, like in any company. Sure. And, that can still happen. Uh, maybe but, maybe mean, that's why they were doing it. <laughs> I can tell you why it ain't going to happen. <laughs> we can start yeah. there. They just made him look like a complete joke. And WWE is good at one thing, and that is making motherfuckers look like complete jokes. And even though he won this battle royal, he looks like a complete joke. No. And it's not. It's not like the Roman Reigns. It's not like Roman Reigns being super confident, right? It's it's different because like we're also supposed to laugh along because Sammy's been kind of a goofy heel for like a really long time. Even when he had the Intercontinental Title, he was kind of a chicken shit heel. I mean, he still is a goofy heel. Sammy Zayn's not going to take the belt off of Roman Reigns. No, no. So we we should laugh at it, right? For compelling television, like oh, of course not. Why do I want to? Why do I want to see that match? Like, oh, you don't. I want to see a match. Yeah, exactly. I want to. See, they don't have anybody. It's like you got to build people up, and I know that they they do it like kind of slowly for like one person at a time. Like it was Bobby Lashley for a long time, right? Like Bobby Lashley. Remember, we were talking to like. Well, now hey, it's Bobby like Lashley. now it's McIntyre, and it's been eighteen months. Well, I would actually argue like Damian Priest. It's like. Uh, this guy just quietly always wins his matches and they don't really talk about it. Same thing like Bobby Lashley. He was the United States champion and he just kind of quietly won all his matches and it wasn't like a big deal. And then, you know, when you put him against it, it's like, oh, here's a credible contender. It's like they know how to do it, but they only do it with like one person at a time and then everybody else is like a total joke. They don't have a reason to sell pay-per-views. It's like, Jason, what do you think regardless. about it? <sighs> Shit, it's a lot to unpack. Um, I thought the Sami Zayn, Zayn finish was, you know, something I didn't see coming. That's always, you know, checking my book. The problem with it ultimately is when you say Brock Lesnar is coming back, you know how this is going to finish. So this, to me, we were just talking about how AEW does things 
you know, different from a formatic. We're just killing time till Brock gets back. Exactly. Yeah. And and the problem and, and two beer kind of and I'll piggyback on what two beer said. The other problem with this is that you don't have the next contender on deck. Case in point. Okay. Well, Sami Zayn, they do. They really don't. Yeah, but they have to put somebody against him for a while. Like it's never going to be somebody that's okay. So unless if, you want to damage that person, like if, it could be Drew McIntyre, but then you damage Drew McIntyre. Okay, so you might as well have Sami Zayn, right? You're kind of going on my road of thought, but I was going to go in the women's division. But if you want to stick to the guys, let's stick to the guys for thirty seconds. Okay. I agree with everything you just said. I don't like the fact that you're just feeding Sami Zayn to Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar doesn't need to get, you know, a, a reason. No, to, to Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn has to fight Roman Reigns. No, but Brock Lesnar is going to somehow usurp this. Because either Brock Lesnar has to become the champion. That's possible, yes. Either Brock Lesnar becomes the champion, then Sami Zayn versus Brock Lesnar, or he has to take the number one ten contender spot from Sami Zayn. And that's what I expect to see. Now, from that point, whatever happens, happens. If you want to feed Sami Zayn, you know, Roman Reigns, we've seen this happen already. I'm okay with that. Just make sure it's a good match. I mean, I'd love to see Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn in, like, a good match. You can do exactly. that. Like, okay, but if you could do that. Not, that sounds cool. But then you're just now you're limiting the – Brock Lesnar options. Now he has to win the Royal Rumble or he has to beat Roman Reigns on the way to WrestleMania. You you don't, not unless you just, two beers. You just do some shit that, because WWE dubs it, but you realistically you have two options. Sorry, two beer, go ahead. All I, no, it's fine. All I ask is that we have a credible contender and like I said, like, Sami Zayn has potential to be the top babyface of any company and you have Roman Reigns who is your top heel like, if this is what you're planning, like, I would be mega interested in this. Like, if this was, like, the main event of the Royal Rumble, like, can you imagine, like, a plucky babyface Sami Zayn, uh, you know, NXT era versus, like, this insurmountable company heel of Roman Reigns? Like, that's an intriguing match. Yeah, like, but, uh, you know, okay. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. I, but it's The problem it's with this is... The problem with this is Sammy, unfortunately, is a glue to outspoken about things that WWE doesn't want him to be outspoken about. That's why he doesn't go to fucking Saudi Arabia, okay? We got millions and millions of dollars coming on this and deal. Millions. We, and we don't need your big ass <laughs> mouth over here fucking some shit up. You can sit your ass over here in fucking America. You can be in our king of the ring leading up to this bitch, but guess where you ain't going? Saudi Arabia. You ain't fucking up my money. Vince ain't stupid. That's my whole, I guess that's my whole point with this whole thing. Finn Balor, you know, Sami Zayn, guys like that, Kevin Owens to a certain degree, he started off hot in, in January and now he's basically getting ready to get jobbed on the way out the door. Vince will tell you, and I say this all the time, he tells you who he likes, he tells you who you don't like. He's and it, the bottom line is, there's certain motherfuckers he likes. He likes Drew McIntyre. He likes Bobby Lashley. He, you made sure, you know how, you saw how on, on Survivor Series, you saw how these motherfuckers slide away. They getting counted out by the squad for K, or counted out, but you know, whatever, motherfucker, give me a break. You see how motherfuckers get pinned. 
Liv Morgan. Everybody loves Liv Morgan. She got pinned. Tony, Tony Storm came out hot. He's Two fucking pins. And then next thing you know, she gets pinned like Liv Morgan. And then Liv Morgan pins Tony Storm, Sasha Banks. They... Made sure she couldn't get back to the ring. He's eating get up. the fuck out of here. It's the same fucking shit. People just want to love who they love, and I ain't mad at you for it. But up. there's a certain point where you motherfuckers need to understand that Vince likes who he likes. That's Roman Reigns. That's uh, Brock Lesnar. That's Drew McIntyre. To a certain level now at this point, it's Big E. As long as you're talking about the guys, that's who he likes. I like oh, I understand the ballad. He's never going to be the top star. Once he got broke, when the, when he won the Universal title, he got broke then. That was it. His high point mark has been on NXT. It's always been on NXT, and there's no way you can even argue about this shit. Zach, you care to respond? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I totally understand it. I can still be angry about it because there's a better way. You know what I mean? It just... There is, there is a better way, and I can want things to be better because I like pro wrestling, and I want the, the Kleenex brand or the Windex brand, the Ziploc brand. I want the premium brand to be the premium, and it ain't. Okay. And it's like, it, it the, sucks. Your premium, brand, your premium brand is AEW, okay? And they are doing an amazing job. But it's job. not the premium brand. Like, Why is it I, I, So it is to me, but like, Whenever I tell people, like, in my everyday life, right, you know, like, oh, I, I like wrestling, they think, oh, you watch WWE. And I'm like, then I have to be, like, this hipster douchebag. We're like, no, that's not, like, cool enough for me. I want it to be cool enough for everybody. I want it to be fucking awesome. Okay, WWE's been around longer than I have, and God knows he's this motherfucker likes to make jokes about how old I am. I mean, damn, WWE is older than me. So, I mean, at a certain point, they have a fan base upon a fan base upon a fan base. I mean, damn, we are the first fan base of AEW. You know what I'm saying? This is a good time to be, a, you know, a part of the, you know, you want to, depending on the crowd, you know, you can play them like, you know, you want to be on the right side of history. You want to be smart. You can play, you, jump on the AEW side. WWE's older than you? Yes. Well, fuck. MLB's older than me. Shit. NFL's older than me. NBA. It's wow. older than me. Wow. This, this is a whole... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> we got a badass over here. Right. <laughs> How old are you? All right. Can, we talk, you, can we talk about bring, Edge? You did bring, real quick, you did bring up something that I did not realize for, for my original argument. Sami um, Zayn could be out the door. So to make him look like more so than my point, so, that's yeah. probably the reason why it's I getting ready to happen. About that. Yeah, him and KO are basically being used in these in these two fashions as their last little, you know, thanks for playing your you know your services are no longer needed. Blah blah blah. Can we talk about Edge, Miz? Yeah, we can talk about it. No, we can talk about it. Not as good as Punk. Uh, MJF, but I thought it was good. Of course not. But I mean, Edge versus Miz was a really good promo that also referenced the CM Punk promo. Yes, sir. Which is something that doesn't happen in WWE and that's, lately. that's the only thing that is kind of really need to be well, talked about. Well, no, there, there is something else, and I'm going to ask you guys about this, because the Liv Morgan promo said, she said to Becky Lynch, if, if it wasn't for your big-ass contract, some of my friends would still be here. I hated it. 
Edge said to Miz, you go out and you try to plan for your future endeavor, and meanwhile, your friends are back here getting fired, talking about John Morrison. Right. Is it in bad taste for WWE to use people's firings as fodder for their promos? Go ahead, uh, Tubier. I'll let you start. It is in exceedingly bad taste because they have record profits and also you mentioned NFL, MLB, all of these things. You know what the the percentage that they play that they pay the stars are? Uh, so NFL, NBA, all the professional sports. Because the players are the game, they get at least fifty percent of the gross income as far as like as, as a business model. Yeah. They make a ton of money. Yes. WWE, it's single digit. Single digit. Like everybody's underpaid. Those it is not Becky Lynch's fault that they are fired. Becky Lynch should actually be making more money than she is and so should Liv Morgan and so should everybody else. It is an exceedingly bad thing uh, for them to reference these like these firings. Uh, in that regard, like I, I couldn't stand it because there is no reason that in storyline or otherwise this should even be a thing. If they did something so, like I know it's a business, they can do what they want. Can but I it's absolutely disgusting? Can I give a counterpoint? Oh, so oh. go ahead. I'm done. <laughs> so if if CM Punk and MJF are allowed to bring up WWF and our WWE because. They know that the audience is smart enough to know that WWE exists. For the last couple months, the biggest story about WWE has been, God damn, they're laying a lot of people off, at least amongst podcasts like ours. Like Smarks on on Twitter and Smarks Outside on podcasts. Outside of what you see on They're TV, always talking the about, man, is. these motherfuckers keep getting dropped. So doesn't it make sense? Isn't it better for the on-screen talent to acknowledge what's happening off-screen, like wouldn't you like wouldn't you like somebody so. to be it's like, because... "Where the fuck is Alistair Black? I thought that he was gonna be here. I thought he was gonna Elias. fight me." Did Elias get uh, I, Elias didn't get dropped, I, did he? No, but I would say no, just because it's not realism. Like what you're talking about is inserting realism, and this is not realism. They are not being truthful. It was an insanely greedy for these people to, to be fired uh, for these record profits. They're not inserting realism. Yeah, but is it um, not realistic to say that if Miz was still around with Morrison that they wouldn't have fired Morrison? Like, I don't think that's unrealistic to say. Come on. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they could have had the belt. John Morrison got... John it Morrison went around the world and became the top star in every promotion that he was in, and then he came to WWE, and they put him right back in the same spot that he was 10 years before whenever he left. Okay. I agree. No, I uh, agree. Totally. Right. That's, but, fair. Yeah. That's fair. I'm just pushing back a little bit just because. I'll say this. I'll say this much. Um, I get where you're kind of going with this, but ultimately. Who, me or Zach? No, I get where you're trying to go with this. I'm not you trying build. to go with anywhere. I'm trying to create good pods. No. And you are, because this is, you know, a conversation that, you know, I think needs to be had. I'll just say this. In this scenario, WWE is cutting people 
quote unquote for budget cuts. Okay. It's not for like when MJF ran down CM Punk because he left. Okay. We know right. these people aren't getting cut because WWE aren't isn't making any money. For whatever reason, they have lost interest in them, and now you're free to go. WWE has made a ton of fucking money. I'm not mad like Zach is mad about it. You know, it's not disgusting or whatever, but it's just, it's not good. It's not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Interesting. It's not captivating. It's Those lines didn't pop you, though? As soon as Liv Morgan said that line about your friends, you know, making more money, I'm like, that's stop. I mean, it that's doesn't bullshit. make any sense. It doesn't yeah, make any thank sense. Thank you. And that's where you lost it me. It doesn't she make was- any sense. Liv Morgan is not, also doesn't seem like a serious contender to Becky Lynch. No, it- she's not. We're feeding her to Becky Lynch. And I give you that. But it. Um, All right. Can I ask you another question? Please. Do you think that Vince McMahon being on TV for a pay per view and two straight Raws. Is in direct response to AEW uh, digging into their ratings a little bit. Do you think that's yeah, actually uh, actually Netflix and like The Rock team like requested Vince be in that storyline because the storyline they came up with was not good enough because they paid them seven figures for the ad placement and they were going to put them on a twenty four seven run um, and they said that's not good enough. Can we get Vince? So things on tv rock was apparently supposed to be there uh i'll kind of piggyback on what two beer is saying i i didn't hear no that. no way that rock was supposed to be there like that might have been the plan that was the plan months ago months ago yeah but it was wwe's plan but not the rock's plan otherwise not the rock okay 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 i'm i'm not saying that the rock you know signed off on this WWE. I feel like I'm hosting entertainment tonight. <laughs> WWE wanted to bring the Rock in, okay, and for whatever reason, I read it was you know COVID restrictions that he couldn't travel, or whatever the case may be. Now Rock can be there for Survivor Series, so now yeah. you you build this sure. red notice. He's never gonna be there. Yeah. No, he's going. No, he's I mean, going to be there. It's uh, not. It's not, not this WrestleMania, WrestleMania, but next year yeah, when they're in LA. That's when he, the when one. he only has to when he only has to take a car damn four right. miles. Damn right, yeah. shit. I'm the Rock, motherfucker. That's right. Twenty five years. Yeah, baby. By the way, I appreciate your devil's advocate. I apologize for getting incredibly heated. I'm not heated at you, but it grosses me out. Like, oh, I didn't. It grosses me out. I didn't take. I it can't stand. I didn't take it. I can't stand. Can't stand billionaires. Like Tony Khan gets a pass because he entertains me every week, but still, like I didn't I take his, it. His, his actual existence is unethical. Listen, like, if, if you hear a dial down. tone, if, if you hear Tony a dial Khan, tone in cool. the next couple of minutes, it's not me. It's just it's just the connection. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's it for the three count. Damn it! One, two, three. All right, let's get in this fucking stupid ass fucking pay per view. Wow, you did that. Yeah, okay, so it's NXT War Games. Uh, I got pulled up on Wikipedia now. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Bo. What the guy? Vice. Vice. Which multi-talented. Vice, do you, know, do you know which one I went with tonight? No idea. But we talked about it on text. I said, I think we know which one I'm going to go with. What do you think it was? Yeah. 
Operator. No, that wasn't the one. No, that wasn't the one. No. That's gonna, we got to save that one for next week. The Shaw Day. Um, so, we have... I'm already mad. I'm already mad. You see my face. I'm already mad. Why do you give them the good stuff? So, we got to do our NXT War Games predictions. Sorry, Zach. I wish we, we, I wish Zach we're was here. Doing for yeah, we're doing predictions for it. Uh, so the men's war game match is Team Tommaso Ciampa, Gargano, Pete Dunne, and LA Knight versus Braun Breaker, like, Carmelo oh, really Hayes, <laughs> Tony Tony D'Angelo, and Grayson Waller. I'll let Zach go first. Uh, pretty much, I'm going to say this across the board. Uh, if there's new people against old people, the new people are winning. That seems like a vote for the Ron Breaker team. Okay. That <laughs> makes pretty good sense. Actually, right there, I'm going to go with it for the same reason. What do you think, Jason? Oh, shit. Hang on. All right. Champa, Gargano, Dunn, and LA Knight versus Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, and Grayson Waller. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's, it's new school on this one. They kind of shitted the bed on uh, Braun Breaker winning the title. So they I guess shitted this, the bed? No, they shitted the bed. That means, ho, you've been shitted on. <laughs> so at that point, I would expect them to start to lead back up to Braun Breaker winning the title. This is on the road. I'll take NXT 2.0. And uh, uh, this this should be interesting. Is that the Braun Breaker team? I, I don't like. I hate the fact that NXT this match, the women's match. Oh, it sucks. Uh, it, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first sense. here. Team Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, Cora Jade, and Kaylee Ray versus Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai. I'll take Toxic Attraction. Uh, what do you Me think? Too. Me too. I'm sorry. You're taking Toxic Attraction no, no, also? No, 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 that's not my official pick. I was just piggybacking on what you were saying. Uh, what do you think, Zach? <laughs> I will take Toxic Attraction. There's no way Toxic Attraction is losing. <laughs> that's I also funny. heard something pretty funny this week, which uh, Dakota Kai went from Team Kick to Team Kick. That popped me. Wait, say it. Hold on. Say it again. She went from Team Kick to Team Tick. Totally popped me. <laughs> <laughs> Say it one more time, please. <laughs> no. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> I'm right. over here fighting for my life over here for Christ's sake. Jesus, don't. Zach, are you taking the heels or the faces? Are you talking about for the talking attraction? No, the women's, yeah. Yeah, talk to the question. Yeah. I don't know if they're heels or faces. I have no idea. Who cares? I yeah. mean, this I'm, sucks because we always take. Okay. Uh, here we come. Uh, Roderick Strong versus Joe Gacy. <laughs> I have to say. Dude, seriously? I come love on, Joe, man. I come love on. Joe Gacy. I love, I love Joe Gacy. Come on. He's good. Come on. There's a long He's history. Brutal, there's dude. a long history of wrestlers taking newfound fads are stuff that's just in the zeitgeist and just running with it and making it heelish and that's what Joe Gacy is doing there's nothing to hate about him unless you're a Generation X motherfucker whoa 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 Tubier what'd you just say I actually agree I I enjoy the gimmick I know it gets a lot of heat uh, and actually a lot of go away heat not heat like 
in a positive sense, like it's supposed to. I know it gets a lot of go away heat. A lot of people don't like it. Um, it's one of the few things I like about the show. But not that I watch a lot of it, but I do enjoy the segment. I'm taking Gacy. Guess it's just you and me, Reeves. Who are you taking, Zach? You're taking Gacy? Yeah, I'm taking anybody new. It's all new guards. I agree. And yeah, you're, you're, Joe Gacy's probably going to win. <laughs> you motherfucker. You fucking, like, no, I think show a little t- bit of balls, dude. Like, I think you, you're, you're take talking it. about how much you hate Gacy, but you're going to take him? Oh, on an official pick, of course. Yeah, <laughs> do I like it? No. Imperium versus Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. You got to go first. Imperium. Motherfucker. Don't be mad. Look, I expect, I've been calling for Wagner to do, turn on Kyle O'Reilly any point if we're talking about I'll guys t- losing the, you know I'll take ready. O'Reilly and Wagner look at you okay look at I'm you I'm taking the Cro-Magnon dude fourth in line in the evolution <laughs> chart he's like three up from the fish <laughs> <laughs> three up from the fish. Dude, I'm dead. <laughs> three up from the fish is just. You say that dude right there. <laughs> just a perfect joke. That motherfucker right there. <laughs> this motherfucker sitting over in Portland. It's like 6.30 p.m. over there. He's like, oh, these, guys, these guys are laughing at me. Uh, Showing his ace. We got, okay, Duke Hudson and Cameron Grimes. I'll go first. I'm taking Cameron Grimes, baby. Oh, my God. Cameron Why? Grimes is doing the Lord's work. The dude rules. I, would, I agree. I like Cameron Grimes a lot. It's I so great. Not, I cannot see him losing his hair in this scenario. Duke Hudson is close enough. You know, it's just a little nip-nip, cut-cut. You know, it's all good, man. I'll take Cameron Grimes on this one. That's just – I hate the hair versus hair. Fuck it. I just wish they nah, would just hair versus a, hair is a good – that's a good gimmick. Because they did – they did it come up to this point. i just rather them just have a match and just be done with it. There's nothing wrong with just having a match with no step, no nothing. Just run two guys out Zach, there that are good. Zach, you got – uh, Duke Hudson, baby. I don't even know what he, who he is. Love it. You don't know who Love could, never mind. it. Never mind. Of course you don't. Okay. So. Okay. So Undertaker came out this week. Duke Hudson on Everrise? Sorry. Go ahead. No, he was not. <laughs> Undertaker came out this week and gave his Mount Rushmore of WWE stars. And it was The Rock, Austin, HBK and Andre the Giant. Now, what stands out to me there is that there was no Hulk Hogan. Because if you're going to talk about WWFE stars, whatever, Hulk Hogan has to be in there, right? For sure. Unless you're doing it for your own, just what you prefer. So, Jason, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. What's your Mount Rushmore? It's on my Twitter handle. Um, it probably just won't change. Even there, there'll be maybe you know a sway or two because, like I said beforehand, when we talked about this in our pre-production show, um, to me there's three that are lots, and it's in no particular order from that point. I don't care if you know who's number one. I don't, you know it's Mount Rushmore. To me, Hulk Hogan has to be on Mount Rushmore. Without Hulk Hogan, there is no current modern WWE. 
he had the one of the biggest turns in wrestling history when he turned in NWO. Take it for what it's worth, racist or not, Hulk Hogan's on Mount Mount Rushmore. From that point, it's going to be a homer pick. I love Ric Flair. He's my favorite fucking heel of all time. He wrestles a broom. He could talk shit. I mean, when you look at a heel, Ric Flair is the first guy I think of as a heel. From that point, now we're starting to get in a little modern type shit. Austin, to me, has to be on the Mount Rushmore. He carried the, the I guess, the, the mantle, for lack of a better word. Austin and HBK probably should get some credit in this point, and I'll have no problem with anybody have them being on there about Rushmore. But to me, he was the bridge to where Austin came in and really took WWE to another level. And then number four, once again, this will be my homer pick. This is the pick that is always in question. But I'm always a rock guy. I remember where he was. Oh, when, yeah, it's when, a real controversial pick. No, no. It's, yeah. a, it's my pick. Hates the rock. No, it's but it's my pick. That and can be I, your pick. And I can see why no, I can see why people would not necessarily agree with the rock. I can see HBK. I can see Bret Hart, Andre the Giant, you know, Hulk Hogan, if you didn't have him in. There's plenty of other people that you can put in before the rock, but for me, I remember where I was every time where great shit happens with the rock. That to me has a personal stick to me the way Rick Foyer does. Two beers, Zach Poland. Who you got? So yeah, as far as like ways that you look at it, right? You've got um, your drawing cards. So like, if you were just if you said like, what's the Mount Rushmore of like drawing cards for WWF? It would be Bruno Sammartino, uh, Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, and John Cena. Like that's it. Those are the those are the guys. Um, kind of over the years. That's not necessarily my pick. Those are not mine. Um, but as far as like WWF, what's up? No, go ahead. No, 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 no. Doesn't have to be WWE. I'm just asking you. Who are your? Oh, it doesn't have to be WWE. It doesn't have to be WWE. I just okay. Thought... See, you just opened up a whole new can of worms. I see? thought it would be a fun foray into just having a conversation about Mount Rushmore. No, keep it. WWE. I didn't know that you no, were going to do the fucking no, Kevin keep... Costner at the end of JFK fucking speech. Keep it WWE, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, you, first I mean, and foremost. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck you. I just, I just want to hear what everybody's Mount Rushmore. My... Mount Rushmore. Yeah, okay. Say it again. Mount Rushmore. You just want our overarching Mount Rushmore. That's all I want. Keep it uh, WWE. Okay. That's fine. Keep it I'm WWE. Not, oh, you want me to keep it? I yeah. Say, okay. Well, that, yeah, because I was getting ready to say um, you you throw in New Japan or all Japan. We got a whole nother argument. Just keep it WWE. Yeah, I was like my. So I'll throw it out there just for Bill's sake. Like, I think my overarching Mount Rushmore would be Ric Flair, Steve Austin, uh, Kitty Omega, and Masawa. Those are my four. The WWE, Ric Flair, Steve Austin, Rock, HBK. See, now I'll go a little different. I think that Jericho cannot be ignored. I think Jericho has to be ignored. You're right. I think Jericho has to be on the Mount Rushmore. Jericho 
had a longer career than any of those guys and did more stuff than any of those guys and stayed current and is still current. In AEW, not WWE. Just, just current in general, even with Kevin if, Owens, if even the, with the Festival of Friendship. Okay, that's what I'm saying. The if Festival of Friendship was tr- 20 years after. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not disagreeing with that. 20 years after his debut. I'm not disagreeing with that. And he was that. still current as fuck. I don't, I want this, if we're going to keep it as a WWE discussion, is it's what you do inside those Stanford, Connecticut walls. Jericho is probably the guy that if I had to replace Rock with one, Jericho is probably that guy. So I was expecting you to say a couple other guys. Here's the thing ahead. about Rock. Here's the thing about Rock is that Rock didn't have any really sustained title runs. He lost a lot of big matches, and to me, that makes him even better than Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think that The Rock is incredible because of his selling. The dude sold more than anybody, and I love The Rock, and I think that leaving The Rock and Steve Austin because you want to have one and not the other is bullshit. They are both fucking awesome, and they're both in my top four. So what's your Mount Rushmore again? Jericho, Rock, Austin, Angle. I was waiting. Okay, that's the one I was waiting for you. That's the one I was waiting. I was like, where's Kurt Angle? Where's Kurt Angle? Where's Kurt Angle? I was waiting for it. I'm like, like, there's that guy that, you know, the gold medal guy. That's my my WWE. Kurt Angle has had some amazing matches, and he's had amazing matches with everybody that. But for Taker to leave Hogan out seems a little silly. Because Hogan created the atmosphere. Hogan made the petri petri dish that Undertaker grew from. Okay, and that's all I'm saying. When, even before I hated Undertaker, I hated Hulk Hogan more. And the reason why I started to like the Undertaker is he was the first guy that was like, what? He also Someone? never said the N-word that we know of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, he's from Texas, you know. <laughs> he, also, he, did, he didn't say the N-word, but, like, there was a lot of times where he used the term boy a little too aggressively. Mm, mm, <laughs> that's lying. my favorite. That's, that's, yeah. Lying. I was getting ready to say, I'd rather you just say the N-word versus throw the boy around like he threw that shit around. I'm like, okay, really? Really? You just I might say this is like some Denzel shit. You might as well just whip me. This is bad for brains. Oh shit! <laughs> Pick a button. I hate them both. <laughs> so we can talk about some other uh, stuff while while I'm waiting for the shit to run out. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I want both four. Sorry, hey Vice. What about your? So Vice. I threw my I threw my four out there. What about your your overarching four? I just threw them out there without a whole lot of thought. What, what what's your overarching four? Now I'm WWE. Vice. No, my I'm gonna make it real easy. I'm not gonna sit here and argue or get long winded like JCB. But that's what I do. <laughs> I hear you. My Rushmore angle. You know I love that guy. He's the best. HBK. I wish, I wish. And then I'm going Stone Cold. And then I'm going Jericho. Jericho is, he's so good. And the reason he's so good is he's still relevant. Think about when he debuted, when they did the countdown. And he came out there and his first thing was with with, uh, The Rock. 22 years ago. Okay. 
That's so relevant. Think about the best intro we've seen this year. Huh? No, when MJF came out and mocked the countdown. JCB, we were watching it at yeah. your house. Yeah. And I we did. both yeah, we both went yeah. nuts. Yeah. And we that thought was it was a, Jericho. And who was it? It was it, MJF. Yeah. It was, see, <laughs> that was. <laughs> You're Rushmore's, who? It's Jericho, Angle, Rock, or I'm sorry, uh, Austin, HPK. No problem with that. That's what I was saying. HPK is probably the guy that should be getting a lot more love, especially when he's had a two-part career. I remember one time when we were in college, I went over to Bo's place. He had this four-bedroom house over off 94, and uh, we were watching this Edge and Christian thing, and Bo's girlfriend and, like, these two other chicks were down there. Like, Bo always had these girlfriends that were – Five years younger and blonde, and they were like, "This is terrible acting." Bob was like, "Go, go, go! <laughs> just walk out. Just go, go. We're, wa- we're, say, we're watching. We're watching. You speak ill just of the go. WWE. Go. I banish you, woman." <laughs> Hey, everybody, we got some birthdays this week. Uh, Victor, you remember Victor from The Ascension? Ascension. He's 41. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi. Mm. You know how old he is? 36. 31. 32. Larry Zabisco, 68. Uh, Dynamite Kid, RIP, would have been 63. Rick Rude. RIP. R.I.P. would have been 63. You know what Rick Root's real name is? Richard Root. I know. I was going to say, I knew <laughs> Root was R-O-O-D-E. his last name. Just R.O.D.E. It's so badass. I knew his last He was name born was Rick Root. Peter Polite. <laughs> Sonny. <laughs> Sonny. Do you know how old Sonny is? Sonny. Too old anymore. But Oh, yeah, you talking about the, really uh, the blonde chick, Sonny. Yeah, she's older than me. Yeah, got to be. 49. Uh, John Moxley, hope you're doing okay, my brother. I'm going to see my cousin John Moxley tomorrow at noon. Uh, it's so weird that there's a wrestler named John Moxley. Right. Anyway, he's 36. My cousin John Moxley is like 43. He looks like shit. Uh, ACH. <laughs> he doesn't. He's jacked, man. ACH. <laughs> uh, ACH is. Miles with the big smile. Yeah, Jordan Miles is 34. Oh, uh, you ain't right. Slick. Younger than you think. He's alive. He's alive. Good. That was my first thing. I was, I, are you looking at me like, is he alive? I'm like, I don't know. Younger than you think. He's uh, 64. Good. I was going to say 58. Michael Cole, younger than you think. Uh, older than me, I'm going to go 54. 53. And oh. Enzo Amore. He, he, he's going to debut on MLW next week. He's got to be younger than me. I'm going to go 43. I think that he should be uh, cast as uh, kind of whenever they say, like, hometown. It should just be, like, whatever local Sabaros there is. He's 35. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to ours for Sideways in Time, for Lucha Chris, for Patriot Pat, my dude, 
Oh my God, I'm crying. For Bo Vice Geesman. Always a pleasure. For Good to see you, Jack. my wife, who doesn't seem to be caring that we're out here. She yeah. might be dead downstairs. I, mean, I we, have we no could be idea. Doing all kinds of crazy shit. For Jack. two beers, Zach Pullman. Jack, your for daughter, Jason Cornelius your Bell. Daughter. For Edna May, Josephine Veggie. My my heart. Jack. I am Bill Vegan. Everybody, don't forget to boo the heels. Ooh.